Something a little different today. My name is Chris McAllister. I'm welcoming you to Breaking Brains and Building Hearts. My man, Jimmy, welcome. You usually Chris. do the welcome. Glad you're here. <laughs> nice job, man. <laughs> Brett, glad to have you, buddy. Um, here we are post-Super Bowl weekend. And we know that this is a sports cut podcast where we bring our sports minds <laughs> expertise to bear on current relevant sports events. No, well, we are here was, to That was the big prop bet of the weekend. Sorry to interrupt you, Chris. No, I love it. But the biggest prop bet of the weekend was did Chris watch the Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah, and I haven't confessed out loud, and we're going to do it uh, here on the show. But yeah, for those that are joining us, we are definitely not a sports podcast, but we do talk about sports some. We're helping you lead at your best in our specific areas of expertise with leadership and mindset and sales and helping you add value to all you do and grow like crazy. And so, Brett, the direct answer is I tried. Um, I tried, man. We So we had dinner and we go into the living room. I can't remember what we ate. I think we had nachos or subs. We did subs. And so I get the game on. I'm excited. And a little bit into it, I'm like, I know how this is going to play out. You could, you just saw it happening so quick. And I respect like crazy uh, what I want to ask both of y'all about, if you notice something. Um, but as it was developing, I was like, I don't think I want to watch it. And so we watched, we're rewatching the Marvel movies. And we watched the next Marvel movie. And then that got off. And then I watched like the last 15 minutes of the game. Lame, I know. Yeah. Well, I can't fault you for that. I mean, is you were right on like by the, by halftime, you're like, you knew how it was going. And then really by the end of the first quarter, it was like, and this is, this is one-sided and you could see the direction it was headed. I was thinking right before the game started, it's like the only thing you hope for is a good game. And man, it was a domination. Jimmy, so I don't blame you, you for into it? bailing out. I loved it, man. I was I was a maniac. I'm a yeah. I grew up in Buffalo, and uh, back in the '80s, early '90s, I suffered through the Bills losing four Super Bowls in a row. Uh, just happened to move to Boston at the right time. Had my two kids over there. My wife was born there. Became a Patriots fan very quickly. And uh, man, I've been just uh, I'm just amazed at success and uh, achievement. And uh, forget about everything else. If you just look at, you know, what Tom Brady did, has it been able to do by, you know, just being maniacally focused on mastering uh, parts of his craft and not letting up, not letting noise disrupt him, being maniacally focused. Uh, he's doing things that people feel like are impossible. What's also really cool is I, I don't bet on sports, but I picked a game. Uh, I didn't I didn't. I had no way of knowing that, uh, you know, Kansas City wouldn't score one touchdown. But I picked a game, and uh, I was super psyched. Still, will not will, will not get back. Will not get into sports betting. But um, what I became, I was very proud of the fact that I kind of like uh, was able to be very focused and prescriptive about what I paid attention to, and then call it uh, the way I saw it, and it worked out. Could I have Dude, done that on awesome. TV? No. <laughs> <laughs> Could I have done that in advance? No, but it worked out. 
Dude, that's I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm coming from the opposite side because I'm from Missouri and so of course on the Chiefs bandwagon. And uh, But you could see it leading up to the game. I mean, Tampa Bay had been trending upward uh, the last few weeks. You know, watching Kansas City all year, it was like, all right, they're winning games, but they're not really dominating. And, you know, lost a big... Uh, a big piece on the line for what I know about football, but that, that obviously uh, uh, created some problems for him. But um, yeah, it, what Tom Brady does is, is incredible. Um, and I, I uh, something that was interesting to come eye, but Chris, first I want to hear what, what you said caught your eye um, and what you noticed from, from the little bit you watched the game. Okay, well, don't forget yours. Uh, so watching on the front end and the back end, especially observant of this on the back end, uh, and, and, and I know it is popular to hate him. And, and that's honestly, the game wasn't exciting to me because I don't need to watch someone else be at the top of their game greatness. I'd rather be that myself. But... Um, but I respect it so much. I value it so much. I think it's admirable. And, and, and so I am not hating him because he's awesome. In fact, I don't have hate for him at all. In fact, I have mad respect. And here was the observation. He didn't sweat. <laughs> like what? <laughs> you know, I mean, he's not wasting energy. He's not trying He's just executing. And that was what had me riveted, just riveted. No sweat. And, and all that that means psychologically for the showing up and the preparation and everything. I, I'm in a similar boat with you, Chris. Like, you know, I watch a ton of sports and, and, and love to watch the championship games and that kind of thing. But I don't gawk at them like in awe of these guys. You know, I'm with you. I'd rather be a participant than a spectator. You know, mm-hmm. and and so what I want to watch is just marvel at like, all right, what do these guys know that I don't, or mm. how are these guys operating that I can learn from uh, to get to that level, and and notice the same thing, um, and and very similar to what my observation was very similar to yours in that, like Tom Brady is operating at a a different level than everyone else in the whole realm of football. Yeah. I mean, this guy is, and, and guys are like, the, like, like LeBron's in that level. Um, Tiger Woods was in that level. Um, but what fascinated me was watching post game and cameras are following around Tom Brady through all the post game ceremony and, and pomp mm-hmm. and circumstance and stuff. And, uh, and to see like this guy has complete control over everything that's happening. And he was totally cool. Like everyone's there are people running around him celebrating like a little kid. I get it was his 10th Super Bowl, his seventh win, you know, so he's been there, done that. Um, but he was, you could tell he was like excited for this guy to win his first and this guy, you know, what it meant for him uh, and answering the questions, deflecting the praise. But then he sat down to take a picture with his family and he's like moving people out of the way. Like, hey, come on, man, get out of the way, respect us. Like he was setting the boundaries and, and had complete control of the environment. Um, you know, friends are taking selfies and he's pulling up his shirt to cover the Nike logo on his, 
on his because he's an Under Armour athlete, like complete control of every surrounding that was happening. Um, and and just he's operating another level. And I think like Patrick Mahomes is going to be that like he's already investing in the Kansas City communities, got ownership stake in other sports franchises like um, he's going to get to that level right now. He's operating at, you know, his second, third year in the league where he's still got his youthful athleticism and he's running around and he's but he's going to get to the point where that stuff is really calculated and uh, and not relied on as heavy. But uh, it's it's just amazing that. These guys are these guys are on another level. Mm. I, I love to hear your your observations like that, and it's so fascinating. Um, and and the the vibe that I totally got. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Is he wasn't playing with something to prove? Mm-hmm. He was just playing out of the overflow. Like I came to do this, and I did it. I'm not surprised I'm here. And 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 my emotion is yes, a lot of celebration for what they're getting to experience. Not that I needed, I didn't need this. Um, and that was just like so powerful. And yeah, and, and we want to compete that way, right? We, and we want to compete against the best in the world so we can be the best in the world, which I think of, oftentimes the way we talk about it, we're competing against ourselves. But I know the number of times this year that I've had a sales conversation that I've relayed to you, Jimmy, and I've felt like Patrick Mahomes on fire and then you tom brady me and you're like well what about it's at a different you're playing at a different level you know there are places that i'm playing at a different level and i'm seeing things in a way that other people aren't and that to me that's the most fascinating thing it's the mastery it's the pursuit Mm -hmm. of that yeah it it takes me back to the beginner pro master concept and that we talk about all the time um and you know it's not it's not uh, an awareness that's meant to put somebody in their place. Uh, for me, beginner pro master is a great just. It's a great tool for me to look at how I'm operating and assess. You know, am I at this moment uh, operating at a beginner pro master level? And, and you know, because we're all at we're all at different levels depending on what we're doing, you know, um, you know, if I'm doing a paint by numbers with my daughter, (laughs) I'm beginner baby, you know, but you know, if we're talking about sales or, you know, how do we possibly sell a conceptual service into an organization that doesn't think they need it? You know, I can operate at a master level along with other people who operate at a master level. Um, and, but, and so it's just really wonderful to, to ask, where am I? Have that level of awareness. And now I can attack, uh, you know, any kind of goal that I have in that moment with a clear sense of what I have to do. Instead of lamenting about, ooh, I wish I was better, I can just say, okay, where am I? What does it mean about, uh, about me and the way I'm showing up given the level that I'm operating at? And, that, and, and, I, and since I know what beginner means and pro means and master means to me, I can then now focus on getting to that next step, to that next mm-hmm. phase of my development. And it's just phenomenal. So, mm-hmm. you know, to your point, Brett, you know, uh, a quarterback who's 25 versus one that's 43, you know, a quarterback who's 25 who listens to all the bullshit out there might say, yeah, I'm at the master level. How did I get here so fast? And everybody put him on the pedestal so quickly Right. It has to make you concerned about, man, are we getting too emotional here? Is this all 
is this all bullshit? Are we looking at this really with clear eyes, clear vision? And, and you can ask the question. And then you can say, okay, wait, where is this dude? Yeah, he's, he's a pro, he's accomplished, but has he seen it all? Has he been able, has he had to overcome it all? Where is he really operating? And maybe he's really at a pro level versus that master level when you think about his role. Mm. A yeah. distinction and a controversy. Brett, go ahead. What are you going to say? Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'll remember for sure. Well, it just made me think I also laughed at, you know, at the end of the game, the outcome happens and the narratives of the two teams just completely like shit. Like Kansas City was the darlings, the most unbeatable team. Holmes is the next Hall of Fame quarterback, da, 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 you know, and then everyone knows what Tom Brady is. But then at the end of the game, Tampa Bay is the most complete team in the NFL, <laughs> every phase of the game. I was like, well, you weren't saying that in December. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it's just funny how outcomes shift the narrative uh, so quickly. And, uh, and I'm sure, I mean, we've talked about this before, but guys on, the, on that stage, how the, the highs and lows swing so fast with every, with every result um, that they have to have a level of, detachment from the results and detachment from the outside noise to know, you know, I'm not defined by these labels others are putting on me or defined by one, one single outcome. Uh, it's all just lessons to be learned and, and, um, you know, uh, information to be stored away for future use. But, uh, yeah, that was another fascinating thing to me. Dude, the, yeah, the common knowledge game changes so fast once a result Thwarts whatever that common knowledge is. It's so crazy to watch, like media and public voices. You saw it around GameStop and what happened in stock markets uh, last week, which, which really for me was probably the biggest news thing. The biggest performance thing was the the Super Bowl. But the biggest news thing was all that was happening in the in the stock market. And all of that though is the same idea. It's you know, nothing matters as much as the story that everybody believes. It doesn't matter really what's true and what's not true in these matters. It's the story that everybody believes. Okay, so here's a distinction I want to run by you guys. And then there's a controversy I want to ask you about. Awesome. Since we're on this theme of mastery and greatness in the Super Bowl, distinction. A beginner is learning all of these things that they weren't aware of. All this matters. All the input signals. A pro is learning to prioritize what matters. A master, and this is only from my observation, I'm just checking it with y'all now, a master gets really zeroed in on, like, at another level, what doesn't matter. Like, they're just so tuned to a few inputs that make all the other uh, things, you know, fall into place. It, help me come up with a better way of saying that. Does that seem off to you guys? It's just something I've been thinking about post the game. How does how does that apply to the eighty twenty rule, Chris? I mean, is it kind of mm. along the same lines? Yeah. Well, I mean that you're starting out on the eighty twenty journey to be like twenty percent matters, uh, but an advanced application of the eighty twenty journey is to eighty twenty that right. It's fractal, so. Your day today, 20% of what you do matters more than 80% of it. But really, 
up one or two percent of that matters the most. Um, and and I, and I want to come up with a better way of saying it, but the shift I've seen in my life at a number of levels, and I've seen this in other people's level uh, level up, when they go to that master level of something, they're able to just see even that 18% of that 20% go away. Um, so they're not rigid, they're not rigidly trying to defend and go, you know, like that doesn't matter, that doesn't matter, that doesn't matter. They're just so zeroed in on what does matter. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, a distinction I've noticed. There's got to be a better way to say it because it's not resonating with me a ton, but it's still something I've seen. So I'm going to ask more questions about that um, to to you and to you, Chris and Jimmy. Um, you know, from a leader's perspective. Um, so in, in basketball, when we're coaching, you know, we're everyone's talking about what are your non-negotiables. You know, what are the things that, that matter most? Um, and you know, from a leader perspective, you're also trying to delegate, get the team involved, more people to contribute. Um, so maybe you're dialing in on two or three things that like, these are non-negotiable, these matter most, uh, these have to happen. The rest of it, we can get creative and, and negotiate and we have some give and take, there's some gray area, but like these three things for sure have to happen. Uh, for us to even have a chance or they'll make the biggest impact or if we do these three things they impact you know all these other decisions we're going to make um does that kind of line up with with what you're thinking chris as far as you know focusing on the the two percent that matters the most yeah but a little bit of this energy and i'm going to tie it to company culture and then it will take us to the controversy franklin covey has that example in the habits of effective people that like how do you get you to your priorities? You don't put sand in the jar. You put your rocks in the jar and then you put the sand in mm-hmm. because you, you've got to let the main things be there that, you know, they're not crowded out by the lesser things. Okay, but here's my take on it. This is just my experience because so few people, the word mastery is thrown around a ton. All three of us I know obsess over mindset and performance. So for those that are listening, just know that we're, you know, We are not using this term lightly. It's something we think and talk about all the time. However, for me, in productivity and performance and achievement, truly leaps of amazing performance and insight, there is no canister. It's like, it's not like, oh, here's the priorities and now here's all the, it's just like, here's the thing. Here's here's the obsessive thing. This obsessive thing is the thing is the thing is the thing. Nothing else matters. Does that help color that in some more, Jimmy? I see you nodding. Well, yeah, and uh, it's interesting. I think I think I can track to it. When when uh, Brett was talking, I was thinking pattern recognition. Right? Think of because I I know how I I operate. I know how uh, a CFO who's been doing numbers for thirty years and understands the strategic implication of the numbers she's looking at. She can look at a balance sheet or income statement and pick out the five numbers that are going to move the business forward. Everything else is bullshit. But it's, it's, it's this pattern recognition capability from situation to situation. So, yeah, I think if you're carrying something around, Chris, yeah, um, this, it's this level of awareness that recognizes patterns and the, the essence, the most essential part of the pattern, and then knows what to do with it. If you think of Tom Brady 
looking at the defense and understanding what it means for his offense, changing the play audible at the line to take advantage of a weakness. You know, that is pattern recognition and decision-making based on the evidence that you see. But that that comes from experience. It comes from mistakes. It comes from, comes from paying attention. I'm the same way. You bring me a challenge from a sales perspective or an organizational development perspective for a company who's driving growth. I can ask three or four questions and get right to the meat of it. Identify the priority, to, to your point, Chris, and then move. Yes, yes. I mean, so I think about this like with consulting with companies. I don't, how, you know, I can know in a meeting what are the top three things that are going to move the needle the most. And from a leadership standpoint, and and what has to be done, and in, and a prioritization of that. And so you could say, of those top three things, this one thing matters more than another. So it's kind of like this: if somebody's a beginner at building a healthy leadership culture, you know, you got all these input signals that you're starting to notice. At a pro level, I can shrink it down. It's really just four actions. Accept the culture as it is because it's changing all the time. Move with vision and values consistently. Make sure that you're always working for the unity of the relationships. Relationships need continual deposits and, and never get attached to a system. Systems always improve and change. You've never found the best way to do anything. If you build a dashboard and watch those four things at a pro level, you will be amazing at building a culture. What makes you at a master level, though, is your obsessed in an overflow way, not forcing it, not hype with this is the thing everything comes out of this like and and i know i'm being a little ethereal but like i'm thinking about this with site shift you, you know where we're at right now i know the thing that makes everything else the different is to align the understanding around what it means to go through these transformational experiences in group cohorts not just the one-to-one -one. everything else like falls out of that so you know, and, and I could be wrong. There's no certainty. That's, but there's at least clarity. Um, so it's kind of like changing the analogy. It's like the pro level is prioritization. The master level is understanding this is it. It's this, 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 and this. Now, here that takes us to the controversy. Any other thoughts on that? And then I want to ask you about controversy. Okay. Do it. Here's where the controversy would go. What matters more than one amazing, strong leader? So, you know, we want to believe this idea of leadership and that everything we do, it all matters. And, and I understand like in soccer, which is a weak link sport, we're using football, which is a strong link sport. Um, maybe some businesses are strong link and some businesses are weak link. Maybe all businesses are weak link. You're going to be helping. However, I look at Tesla. What Elon Musk has done just through commentary to drive the value of the company up so that they have assets now, you know, and and like he, it's like phase one, he understood people have to want this car. It has to be so amazing and sexy and cool. And the price point can be at such a point that it's high enough that it funds that. Then we'll get to mass market. Um he, he had an obsessive vision. Then he's driving the narrative, increases the stock value like crazy, and then they just bought a billion and a half dollars of Bitcoin. And they're going to take payments in Bitcoin. I mean, he personally just advanced 
the movement away from a fiat currency, who knows what will actually happen? Maybe they'll regulate it in some way. All that to say, look at the impact one strong player has. Not just one mediocre, strong, like one amazingly strong player. And he understands memes, by the way. He knows what he's doing. Um, look at the impact Tom Brady has on a team. The controversy here is it doesn't make us feel too good, right? Well, it, it, maybe the controversy is that just like when you hit black belt, there's, I don't know how many number of degrees of black belt you can achieve, right? But there are degrees within mastery. Maybe that's what we're talking about. I mean, and there are just, a f there are, there are a few folks that have, that have a combination of capabilities that allow them to operate at a level that, you know, mortal, mortal human beings just um, can't envision. And maybe they couldn't have envisioned either without, without um, the guiding discipline or uh, values and, um, and vision that they had when they started. I mean, Tom, you know, Brady never said, I'm going to win seven Super Bowls. He said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the very best I can be every day and win championships. That's all I'm focused on doing. And he sacrificed everything he had to, to get there. Process you know, over for, the for results. For 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Process over yeah. results. This is also why we started off with that Queen song, because he says in it, <laughs> I am immortal. I have the sacred blood of kings. I'll leave you to, <laughs> to analyze that psychologically, <laughs> Brett. Well, maybe I'm thinking maybe the controversy for a lot of us is uh, that you might be right. And the downside of that is we're most of us are at the mercy of the strength of our leadership. There are a lot of players who were on Tampa Bay uh, before this season. And then now, you know, they were working and, and struggling and, and trying their hardest and doing their best. Uh, couldn't get where they wanted until they got Tom Brady there. There were some that had to get traded or moved to get Tom Brady and Gronk and Antonio Brown. Right. Like, you know, there's some, we've all experienced bad leadership <laughs> most recently. I don't want to take us a podcast in the wrong direction, but uh, it, it doesn't need a name to, to identify it. Like it's, we, you know, so for a lot of us, you know, we're, yes, we're driven, ambitious and want to get to that level where we are the strong leaders. Most of us are going to be subjected to other leadership and that's going to have a big implication on what we're able to do. So, so let me take it to the next level. So, you know, one of the things that, um, I don't think I've heard anyone mention in the media re relative to Tom Brady is think about where he was for 20 freaking years, man. He was under the tutelage of perhaps the best coach in the history of the game. Right. Talk about so controversy, you know, so we, but I mean, the idea is that we all stand on the shoulders of other people. Right. And so to your point, Brett, you know, we're, we, um, you know, the, there were people, there might be people on Tampa Bay's team with the potential that Tom had 20 years ago. They didn't have the environment or the, the leaders around them to learn from, to get them there, right? They haven't had it. And Tom comes and he's not just bringing himself, he's bringing everything he learned over those 20 years and those six other championships with him. So, so he has, and he always does this. He always thanks other people first. He always points to the people around him that, 
contributed. He, now, he maybe paid attention. He practiced a little bit of alchemy and put things together in a unique way that only he could. But to, I think this supports your point, Brett. Yeah, I mean, we have we may have potential, but if we don't put ourselves or aren't put in positions to that can that can advance us, then we may be um, just subject, you know, to we may be only available to the only opportunity available to us might be that to languish, right? Think of how many people that played basketball that had the potential to be multiple multi-time champions and weren't weren't even champions once. Well, that's what LeBron says about going to Miami, you know, he spent all those years in Cleveland and, and got pretty far Eastern Conference finals, finals, um, goes to Miami and he says, I, I had to learn how to win. You know, I had to learn how to be, and there was something about Pat Riley being there in Miami and the culture yeah. they had set up and the environment there that, that set him on the trajectory that uh, I guess accelerated or took him another step farther. Um, so to your point there, I mean, that, that environment makes a difference. Two, two things, this makes me feel really strong. One is going to be practical for everybody. Maybe both are practical for everybody. Uh, um, and then there's a, there's a second one. I'll go, I'll go with the second one first. When I was like at 28 or 29, through personal experience, I formed a conclusion which is always where the best learnings come from if they're formed on reality. It doesn't matter how good you try to be. You can never out good the environment the top leader brings. In other words, I stayed late. I went like crazy, read the books, did the learning, did the coaching, spent time with everybody, was getting coached. Like people were like, Chris, you're a great leader. All the accolades around great leader. Blah, 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 blah. Everything I did was gone in months because the top leader was like, time for you to go. We're making this go back this way. All that work. And I was like, man, it doesn't matter how healthy you try to lead, how much you want to be a person of growth. You'll never outdo, right, that, that top leader. And so for me... You know, very much this strong link idea that top leader matters so much. The second thing that I think could speak to all of us is what's the knowledge gap we need to close in our next step towards mastery? So for LeBron, it was uh, the winning, right? I got to go learn how to win. I think I know what mine is. I'll run it by you guys after the recording. Um, well, I think you're just private. Saying, no, <laughs> you're saying, I think you're saying that. You're you're saying the same thing. I think uh, you at your environment, whether it, it seems like you didn't know it, you had to be told it, but you developed your leadership skills beyond the capacity of the leader you were working with to teach you anymore mm-hmm. or to help you get any further. Mm-hmm. So you didn't see it. It sounds like he had to tell you, hey, man, you're out of here. Go do something else. LeBron... <laughs> performed to the to the ability you know of the people around him that were leading his team and he said well, you know what i know i need to advance and i can't advance here let me go somewhere else to me this is this is really interesting because it speaks to what we all do in the context of our careers and the parts of our lives that are really really important to us you know many of us go out into the world looking for what can the world do for me and many of us get that 
you know, velvet two by four that, that we weren't expecting with a, hey, we got to let you go or, hey, you're not the right fit or whatever. But what about our ability to recognize whether we should be going, we're not the right fit? What about our ability to recognize that it's time for us to change? I mean, there is, there is, there's a lot to be said for a guy who's that smart as LeBron was to just say, look, I got to get, I can't, I can't, can't get any further being here. I've got to make the tough decision and move on. Yeah, that, that is a level of mastery, self-awareness that I think anybody could benefit from aspiring to. Here's the conversation I want to hear about is when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, he didn't just go there and say, how much money you got for me? And cool, I'll come there. We'll, we'll turn this thing into a champion. He said, I'll come there, but this is what we need yep. to win a Super Bowl. And he knew exactly what, and maybe it was Gronk Antonio Brown, but he, whatever it was, he knew the pieces. He's like, I need this, this, and this. To, and this is going back to your, your point, Chris, of like knowing what matters, what doesn't matter. Um, but LeBron, he went to Miami. He learned something. He went back to Cleveland and said, we'll win a championship. I need this, this, and this. Right. And then he goes to LA and he says, I'll get you to the finals, but I need this, this, and this. There you go. And they learned what those things were. And so that's the conversation I would love to have been in. It's like when they were recording Tom Brady and he said, this is what I need uh, to to, to get us to a Super Bowl. What were those things? What did he figure out? And then they figured out. Then they figured out that he needed to be the on-field commander, right? Because they were struggling. And then the coach just said, "Look, man, you coach it. You coach the offense. You call the plays. You go." Because the coach recognized that they weren't capable one, and that he was he was eminently more capable. Mm. This is uh, we we never covered the co- the comment on Belichick, which would be interesting for him to come out and go, "Hey, he made me in so many ways who I am." I would hope that if he thought that, he'll say that just so that he can quiet that controversy. And it does make sense that that would be the case. There's no way Tom plays at the level that he does and stayed way too long in a dysfunctional culture. Those two don't match up. He would have left way long ago. So I do, I call it a controversy, but I agree with you, Jimmy. Um, so here's the thing for me that I'm really moved by right now. And, and I want to say it directly to people that could be listening to this and then any closing thoughts from you guys and I can do the sign off. But um you know, I want to, I honestly do believe that you can learn to have that kind of self assurance that is formed by awareness to come into an environment and go, it has to be these three things. I do think you can learn that. I do think also there are probably a ton of young leaders that listen to this that beat themselves up. They have that same brashness. And I want to speak to him and tell him, keep being you. Because I was literally 21, voted into a public leadership role. And I said, I will not come unless you do these three things. And it was right. I was right. No, holy cow, was I wrong about things and how I did them? But those three big things were right, right? And I, I can deconstruct so much of my immaturities and had tons of them and still have some. But for those leaders out there, it takes so much courage to actually form a conviction and speak it out loud and go do it. And, and I think, you know, breaking brains, building hearts, we're pro those people. 
that are out there making something happen, pursuing mastery, getting knocked down, learning from it. Anything you guys want to say before we sign off? That just makes me think of uh, when I was working for my college coach and me and the other assistant, you know, we were looking around for jobs and hoping to be head coaches one day. And he was like, you know, the worst thing you can do is go take a bad job. And he was talking about the environment you're walking into. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's similar to what you're saying, like, be careful not to leave a good environment for a, a bad environment thinking you could save the world. But if you can get into that conviction of, you know, I I'm a leader, this is what I can bring. This is where I know it can be successful. I need these three things to, to do it and hold true to that. Um, uh, because you, you could end up in a bad environment and it, and you're not gonna be able to overcome that. Right. And, and I think what I would I, to, to, to leverage what you just said, it, you know, you're telling, you're, you're saying to me, uh, what you're saying to me is, you know, you have to be aware of what's going to be the multiplier in your life. Right. So many of us go for the money, right. And that soothes our ego and makes the people around us, you know, feel like mm, that we're making progress. But when you make a decision to invest in the environment, you're, you, you have the ability to create a multiplier effect in your career and in your life that, is, that you can't get from that money or that recognition in the short term. So it's really, it's back to, I think, what you said, Chris, you know, can you identify the things that are most important? Can you, at, from a master level, start with those priorities that, that are going to be the most impactful, most valuable, most important uh, and then can you act on them? Can you make the decision and then um, take the action? Right on. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Breaking brains, building hearts, sports style. Peace. <laughs>